this past week talking about the trade and Ken Rosenthal asked him about some comments he had made about the players kind of doing this to themselves, negotiating themselves into this. And he was basically like, you know, we we have to take some responsibility for this. And and I want to just listen to a bit of what he says right now because he's very, uh, I don't know, he gets really real about it. I, my career is almost finished, so I don't have to deal with this much longer. But the worry is there for me as far as a player now for players in the future that enough attention is not being paid to the way we allow our system to be ran. I feel like we put more things that are of less value at the forefront. And <clears throat> I just feel like, uh, we're starting to have to walk a little bit of a tightrope uh, that we've created for ourselves. I think that we have given the owners and we have given the people who are very, very business savvy uh, a very good opportunity to take advantage of a system that we created for ourselves. And um, I'm not sitting here saying that we have we're not better than anyone else. We're not sitting here trying to say like, hey, man, I deserve $180 million. I deserve $200 million. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is we have the right to bargain and set our price, just like the owners have the right to meet that price. Uh, but what we've done is we have incentivized owners and we have incentivized teams to say, we don't want to make that price. We don't want to meet that price. It costs us too much to meet that price. It costs us draft picks. It costs us international signing money. It costs us all these different things. We're going to have to pay a, a tax if we go over a certain threshold that we set ourselves. So so basically the crux of what he's saying, and we'll put the link to the video in the description, is that you know the players have kind of negotiated themselves into this position where the owners just have a ton of leverage against them and have a lot of incentive to be like, oh, well, we don't want to go over this luxury tax. We don't want to lose XYZ picks or whatever. And so we're just not going to give you this money. And he's right. We talk a lot about, oh, like there's collusion in this offseason and the owners are like, you know, have gotten in this back room and been like, <laughs> you know, like rub their hands together and like, we're not going to pay them anything. But like, no, this is just kind of the way the market has been negotiated. And I appreciate him just kind of being real about that. Yeah, he doesn't really hold back. This dovetails nicely with what we talked about last week. So sh- shout out to Brandon Moss for really, he's been a loyal listener. Yeah. He's talking our points up on yeah. MLB TV. I wish he'd given us credit for uh, for breaking this news last week. This is week. like Dan Dockich. Remember yeah. I talked about that a few <laughs> weeks ago where Dan Dockich is like, I'm fine. I don't want an apology. Yeah. I just want credit. Oh, my God. <laughs> let's yeah. quote tweet that and say that and no, then tag Dan Dockich. Let's bring him on. Let's get Brandon Moss on to talk about this. Now that he's in Oakland? Yeah, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take the charter flight out there. Yeah. Um. I mean, he doesn't have much to lose at this point. Yeah. Like, he's older. You know, he has a contract, so it's not like they're going to collude him out of the league. Like, they're colluding all the other free agents out of the yeah. league. So. I mean, he's now in Oakland, which is traditionally a place where people speak their mind about things, whether that's MLB or socially, politically. So more power to him. Yeah. Proud of him. That's my guy. He could have made the all gentrification team. Watching that video, <laughs> I'm watching him and he's like he's like in the the backwoods gentrifier. The person yeah, he's who's wearing like, like the Georgia yeah. hat. <laughs> <laughs> he like he doesn't really understand like the city slicker life, but you know. Yeah, he likes it. Yeah. He doesn't understand it, but he doesn't know why he likes it. Yeah, he's he's drawn to it for some reason. Yeah, he goes like upstate and hunts. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I got nothing else on that. No, do you have anything else on that? 
Not really. I just I respect the the commitment to the cause. And and one salient point that he has is that like, you know, this is baseball does have a storied tradition of these labor struggles. And a lot of the players today get to take advantage of, you know, the fights that have played out over the last 20 or 30 years or 50 years, you know, going back to um, the the very people who fought for free agency and arbitration. So, well, yeah, this is what I was saying last week is like if we're still going off the momentum of the fact that we have like highly guaranteed contracts and free agency and arbitration, like if that is still powering us this far from when it was actually negotiated, like there is the problem there. Yeah. Therein lies the issue that Kenley Jansen is like, we should go on a strike for it. Yeah. It's not just because like in the last year, baseball players were like, you know what? We don't make that much money when we're 22, you know, like th- this is not a new thing. It's, it's more like they are just now realizing like, Oh, this actually isn't fair, even though it's more fair than other leagues or it's more fair than it used to be. Yeah. He has a good quote where he's like, you have to be willing to dig your heels in a little bit. Fight for the things the guys in the past have fought for. I just hate to see players like me taking advantage of a system that was set up for me by other players and not passing it along to the next generation of players. So it's good to have him back in Oakland. He said he's a. Uh, he said that's where his best memories are. So I love him for it. Is he just gonna DH from time to time for them now? Yeah, probably. Unless he gets traded. Honestly, that's one of the rumors. Is he like on an expiring might. contract? Are they just gonna flip him? Uh, they might. I don't know. Sad. I hope they don't. But like. Chris Davis can't play the outfield, so. Yes, we were just looking at Fangraph's leaderboards, and he's projected for negative 16.4 defensive runs. Uh, Yep. I think Jeff Sullivan had a Fangraph's article this past year that was like, is Chris Davis literally the worst defensive outfielder of all time? And, like, he's down there, man. In the same year that Matt Kemp is still playing the outfield, or was still playing the outfield. Yeah. That's a hard, that's a, I feel like that's like a belt. Like, yeah. that's a championship belt. That You're the is. worst defender of all time, like. That's almost more impressive than like being a league MVP. Yeah, I think I think he technically has like the worst arm of all time. I mean, he wrote a really good thing in the Players Tribune about that, um, about yeah. how about how he just it's just this intimidation factor that comes up that's been with him basically since he got to the majors. I think yeah, he broke into Major League Baseball. So that's wild yeah. and sad. He should talk to Markel Fultz. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the A's, uh, Richard Justice over at MLB.com. Just wrote an article about the ten his ten dark wrote horse an article. Yeah, wrote these are like two yeah. bad sentences for each person. He just <laughs> picked ten people. But yeah, yeah, he just wrote a listicle, <laughs> wrote a listicle of uh, of his ten dark horse MVP candidates for 2018, and and my boys Matt Olson and Matt Chapman are on there coming in at number uh, eight, number eight, number nine. They're both number eight. Yeah. Collectively. So it's actually his 11 Dark Horse candidates. Yeah, but... right? That was kind of a low-key cop-out on his part to put them together. Total cop-out. I guarantee he cannot tell you the difference. If you put them standing next to each other and you took their numbers off and jerseys off, I bet you, like, I, I know I couldn't, so I don't blame Retro Justice for not being able to do that. But he's just like, well, the A's, they have two good young players named Matt, don't yeah. they? Let's just put them both at number eight. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we wanted to use this, take this idea, and um, there's some good players on here, you know, uh, Byron Buxton, Christian Yelich, Alex Bregman. I could see that. Yeah. Reese Hoskins. Is he really that much of a dark horse? I mean, he, in the sense that like Who, he Hoskins? writes. No, no, no. Um, Bregman. Yeah. In the sense that like he's the fourth best player on his own team. He's a dark horse. But that's like saying, you know, Kevin Durant is a dark horse MVP yeah. candidate. <laughs> like just because he's not necessarily the best player on his team or, yeah. or Steph Curry or whatever. Whoever you want to say is better there. Yeah. Don't yell at me for don't don't <laughs> hot take at me for saying that Steph is better than KD. <laughs> this is a basketball podcast now. 
It actually is. <laughs> it's a weekly thing at this point. <laughs> um, but anyway, we wanted to use this as an opportunity to uh, to bring back an old segment. You OG Tipping Pitches listeners will remember this one. Um, it's called Taking All the Way. Taking All the Way. Taking All the Way. We've done like we've done this like twice, twice? I think, <laughs> and it was like within the first four weeks of the podcast. Game of the face Cespedes last night. I gave up an RBI double to him, and Cespedes taking all the way on the first pitch. It's a strike. All right, so I have two guys that I came up with. Yeah, I have a couple as well. Yeah, let's just jump right into it. All right, my first guy, <clears throat> former Met. If he could ever stay healthy for 162 games, he would probably have won an MVP already, and that's Justin Turner. I think we we talked about this with Fernando, I think in the first part of that podcast when we were talking about player development and knowing who you are and him being a guy that stays inside the ball, and then he like jokingly tried to explain staying inside the ball to us. And just in the sense that like he's on a really good team, he's solid at third base defensively, they're going to win a ton of games and he's going to play really well as he has been. And I mean, I don't know what more to say about this guy other than the fact that he's hit like over 300 and like around like a 35 home run pace. If he actually played all of his games and like with home runs continuing to skyrocket and them probably playing a lot of ESPN Sunday night baseball games and him just being a really recognizable face and beard and redheaded combo, everything that he has going for him. I don't know. I like him. He has a little swagger and he's like one of those, like he gets dirty and he has the eye black all over his face. And I like that in an MVP candidate. That's why I love, <laughs> that's why I loved Altuve. It's the aesthetic. He, he's got the MVP aesthetic. He does. Yeah. I mean, like in the same way that like Harper kind of does too. Harper's a lot more of a pretty boy and yeah. turns a little more rugged. And Yeah. They got that scrappy aspect to him. This is really just me pining for him to be a Met again. Like yeah. he wasn't even good when he was on the Mets, but like, I really just... Everyone just has to leave and be good elsewhere. It's like rough. But anyway. <laughs> They're like, oh, you mean we can try to hit home runs? Oh, damn. Oh, nice. That's fire. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. It's kind of like just put the whole like Dodgers lineup into a hat and pick one out, and it's like Dark Horse MVP candidate. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I Cody suppose Bellinger, he's not really a, yeah, I suppose he's not really a Dark Horse, but he's not like a front runner. You right. know? Yeah. We like this is our podcast, so we <laughs> self-assign what Dark Horse status is. I don't know. You could probably bet on him winning MVP. There are probably odds for that out there somewhere, but he's not going to be like in the top five most likely to win, I don't think. Yeah, in hindsight, we probably could have looked at that and used that as our barometer for Dark Horse. But but I like to make things up more. Yeah, me too. Set, also, set an arbitrary line and then just work with it from It's there. not like we have money to bet, so I don't even want to go to these Las Vegas <laughs> websites or anything like that. That's true. All right. Uh, my first guy is Arizona Diamondback center fielder AJ Pollock. Um, I've that's, just that's good. Yeah, I've uh, I've always liked him because uh, I had him on my fantasy team back in like 2013, 2014 when he first started really breaking out, and so always had a special place in my heart for him. But also, it's really easy to forget that only three years ago he posted a six and a half win season, and the only reason he hasn't done that is because he can't stay healthy. So like he plays a he plays good defense at a premium position. He's a good hitter. That year he hit 315, 20 home runs, 39 stolen bases. So he's come close to a 20-40 season. Doesn't strike out a lot. I don't know, man. That he feels like it's like if you're healthy and can just kind of keep it all together, I feel like he could make a run for it. That's I feel such... like Paul Goldschmidt is like the guy your mind thinks to it. Yeah. I wanted to pick for my second guy. I'm not going to get into it yet, but I wanted to pick Nolan Arenado for the same reason that like y- you just said, like he- AJ Pollock is not a flashy pick. I was like, 
you know, Nolan Arenado is like amazing and he plays really good defense. His bat is solid. It was above average last year. But like he's on the Rockies <laughs> and he's gonna get like punished for playing at Coors Field and so I ended up not choosing him. But I like that choice. Yeah. I know. I was thinking of Arenado too, actually, but I almost feel like he's But for those same reasons, like he plays really good defense at a premium position. He has a solid bat and Arenado at least stays healthy. And yeah, like, well, I was thinking like he's closer to being a front runner, honestly. Like I would put him in. I mean, he came in like fourth last year. Yeah, but I feel like that's only in like MLB circles. Like yeah. he's not really a front runner, like Vegas wise. If we're gonna yeah. like keep continue like that analogy, like I feel like not a lot of people are putting money on him. Although it'd be smart money, but like they're not putting a ton of money on him. He's not a superstar. Yep, he's a star, but he's definitely not a superstar. Let's just hot take sports radio this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and this is taking all the way, but like, let's debate the fine line between star and superstar. <laughs> so who you got? Jordan or LeBron? <laughs> Starting the <a> franchise. <laughs> all right. Who's next? Uh, I chose Marcelo Zuna next. Ooh, nice. It gave me the idea because he put Christian Yelich on there. So like one Marlins traded outfielder yeah. and the Marlins had the best outfield in the league last year. And Marcelo Zuna, he's going to go to the Cardinals, and he's going to be great, and it's going to be annoying, and he's going to continue to give really boring quotes like he gave about... <laughs> Do you remember when they traded him, and he was like, uh, he was ripping on the A's in yeah. like a boring way? Yeah. He'll probably just continue to do that all year, and it'll frustrate both you and I and everyone who's not a Cardinals fan. Yeah. And Deadspin will probably rip him many times. Yeah, not to harp on this again, but I like how he ripped on the A's, and then was like, I just played for the Marlins, and now I'm going to St. Louis. Yeah. And, but, like, the A's were your no-go. All right, man. At least Oakland is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not even going to go here. If we have anyone listening from the Midwest, they're just like, don't ever listen to I this know. podcast ever again. They're, like, burning their phone. We are coastal elites. It's fine. We lean yeah. into it. He went from Miami to St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I, do I need to, like, explain this? He's really solid. He's really good. That's why. That's He hits well, and he's toolsy. And I think once on a really good team and not like bogged down by the fact that he plays for the Marlins, I think he will have a breakout year. You could yeah. pretty much just, if you want a better explanation, just read what Richard Justice wrote about Christian yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I was one. I wanted to bet on one Marlins outfielder, and he already chose one. And there's no sense in picking Giancarlo because I wouldn't be a dark horse. Yeah, that's he not 59 fair. Home runs last year. <laughs> Yo, you remember when the Yankees got Giancarlo Stanton? Literally, no. What? <laughs> that happened all at once. Yeah, it was Giancarlo. Otani. Otani, and then we had Lindsay Adler on, and it was like, we're never going to talk about this again. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, all right, my second guy, my boy Trey Turner for okay. the Nationals. Okay, you're I just could see banking that. on people's health. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, if these if these guys can stay healthy, so I also like speed. Speed has such a good place in my I heart. I love speed. Yeah. Like, Throw back to that conversation we had about base stealing. Yeah, true. If Pollock could steal 40 bases this year, Turner could steal 50, and oh I my God, that would be more. fun. Yeah. They don't. They actually send him a lot, though. I remember looking at this when we were looking at uh, the, just the team speed that they have, and between him and um, between him and uh, Michael Taylor, sorry, Michael A. Taylor, isn't it like the third? I don't know, Michael <laughs> A. Taylor. I don't want to offend. They send Trey Turner way more often, even though both of those dudes are like within the ten fastest dudes in the league. Yeah, is Turner gonna play short next year? Yeah, that's where he's been. He played center last year. I think before Taylor like kind of came through. Like he was at short and then went to center, but then maybe will they move him back now that Taylor's there cuz Taylor's like a good defender. I don't know if they'll move him back, but I know that they 
they wanted him to be in center like yeah. when he came up. Yeah. And they had to move him to shortstop because Ian Desmond made like seven errors. In 2015, they opened against the Mets and he made like five errors in the opening series. And they were like, this is just not going to work, my guy. Yeah. I don't know. That'll be interesting. They have like Wilmer Defoe and like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't and know. Daniel I don't... Murphy at second base. So they can't really move anyone else because Daniel Murphy <laughs> has proven many a time <laughs> that he can't play anywhere else. He can't even play second. But yeah. yeah. But anyway. Trey Turner, I could see it. If he hits 300, 20 home runs, 50 stolen bases, 110 runs scored. I know runs scored don't mean anything, but like... They do to some people. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be fun. Yeah, we just look at like the superficial stats. Like, uh, this guy's going to get 140 RBIs this year, so... Sounds good That's to a me. Lot of RBIs. Remember when Josh Hamilton had like 120 RBIs at like the All Star break? Yeah. You. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel. Remember when Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown? Yes. That was wild. Yeah. Remember we had that sad conversation about him, and then we talked about just like the Triple Crown and how no one would do that anymore. Yep. He put Joey Gallo on this list. Richard Justice put Joey Gallo. Yeah. Richard Justice. <laughs> Richard Justice put Joey Gallo on this list. Like he hit like 220 last year. Yeah, I don't know. About Let's that not one. get crazy. Okay, he has big home runs and he's a big dude, but like he's not great on defense. And he can't hit yeah. other than the few times that he makes contact. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical that average is going to get above like 240. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> skeptical. <laughs> uh, before we move on, I, I had one other guy who I think is just not going to make the the conversation because he's going to miss probably the first month of the year. But like if he was healthy the whole year, Michael Conforto, Michael Conforto would yeah. make a play for it, honestly. I agree. Yeah. I, I think he's going to miss too much time. Yeah. It's going to happen with all of these guys. It's going to be like, are they going to stay healthy long enough to do it? It's going to be like that conversation was happening with Justin Turner, which is why I was like, I don't know if this is actually like a dark horse candidate, but that's a good call. I didn't want to be at Homer and choose him, but you know, if we're going to, if you brought it up, we might as well talk about it then (laughs) because he's awesome. He was was, good. And like his peripheral stats backed it up and like his stat cast data, the batted ball data was looking good. He squares the ball up a lot. He does. And he makes a lot of loud outs. Yeah. And then he'll go on a three-week stretch where he strikes out on sliders that are about to hit him in the back ankle. Yo, Dark Horse candidate, Brandon Nimmo. There we go. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Um, before we cut to break, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Stone Cutter Spirits. So a friend of a friend who listens to the podcast sent home a bottle of Stonecutter Heritage Whiskey and it was delicious. We had it at a little get-together shindig at our place last night. So, quick shout-out to Stonecutter Spirits at Stonecutter underscore VT on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> or just, I think, Stonecutter Spirits on Instagram. A company friend of the pod. So we got some good news this past week in the baseball world, and that is that the Cleveland Indians will finally, after much ado over this over the last few years, they they will finally be putting the Chief Wahoo logo to rest after the 2019 season. So this is <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? So let's unpack this a little bit. <laughs> so I, you know, l- let's say first. That this is a obviously a great move. I mean, long overdue, but it's you know it's about time that they did it. But it, it is good that they are doing it, and hopefully, it will put pressure on other franchises like the Washington Redskins to 
I don't know, do something over there. Not that it's ever going to happen. <laughs> do but like, literally anything except what you're doing. Throw something at a, at the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah. Okay, before we go ahead and have the conversation about the logo and their use of it, I just want to say, if you acknowledge something is bad and you are changing it because it's bad, there should be no phase-out stage. My God, it's so why, dumb. Are we, why are we letting it sit for a year? We're like, this is racist. We're changing it because it's racist. It's 2018. We've come around. We realize that it's racist. But hey, we're going to do it for a full calendar yeah, year one, longer. One more year of this. So, so get your usage in. You, did you just come to, like, did you just wake up and realize that it was bad? You, like, you already had the uniforms made and you can't, like, spend that extra couple grand to get new uniforms for the players this year? Yeah. Uh, the other aspect of this, which is sickening. If you're murdering people and someone catches you and they're like, stop murdering people. And you're like, sure. But I'm going to murder people for another year. Yeah, just just like one more year, one more year, and you're like, okay, that's yeah, that, that actually makes good. sense. That's actually yeah. a good compromise. Yeah, <laughs> because then you're going to stop eventually. Yeah, exactly. Um, you just need to wean yourself off from murdering people. <laughs> also, the MLB and the Cleveland Indians will still be profiting. Like they'll still be selling this merchandise even after it's phased out. So like they're still going to be making money off of this. So it's a pretty hollow move at the end of the day. Uh, so the cl- the Cleveland Indians like club chairman Paul Dol- Dolan said that removing Chief Wahoo was a compromise and that it was quote the hardest decision we've had to make during our entire ownership, the hardest decision you have had to make in the last twenty years was getting rid of this racist logo. Damn, that's that, nice, man. You know what that Good means? Life. Means you're racist. Like, there's <laughs> a pretty direct correlation in, in this one. Oh my God. He said he has like some memories that are attached to this and he just can't let it go. And I'm just like, dude, just just let it go. Like, there there are so many bigger things than this. I'm sorry. Like, it's like, I don't have much to say on this. There's not yeah, even like an intelligent a- conversation to have. It's just like, it's an easy decision and you should have made it a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like uh, you don't you don't get credit for it for doing it now. Exactly. So many people are like up in arms about this, and a little later we're gonna get to a segment where <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna read some reactions from people in Facebook groups that I've joined in the last few months or so. Just you know, trying to I joined a bunch of Facebook groups to either promote the podcast or to just see what the the heartbeat of baseball like, is. It's like a sociological observation. Yes, exactly. And it turns out that these baseball groups are full of crazy right-wingers, which, like, shouldn't really surprise me or anyone listening. But we're going to get to that a little later and, and just how attached people are. My thing is that if you are why, are... why are people so personally offended when they have to change something that offends everyone else? We need to just think of this from the other perspective for, like, maybe the two seconds. Oh, you don't get it on your shirt that you wear, like, twice a year anymore. This is not changing your life. Like the Paul Dolan comment, this is the hardest decision I've ever had to make. Like how about having to watch yourself on national TV be characterized as this ridiculously racist logo all the time? It just, yeah. it, I don't know. There's such a lack of empathy when it comes to like rich people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and sports. Yeah. So change the name next. Next step. I mean, not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Should it happen? Absolutely. Yes. I'm all for changing the name (laughs) Um, and and getting rid of the logo 25 years ago. And we got to give a quick shout out to Jim Tomey, too, who uh, who said that he does. He wants to go in the Hall of Fame with the block C logo on his hat. 
rather than this uh, Chief Wahoo logo, which you know, so shouts out to him. Yeah, respect. True. All right, let's get to the <laughs> let's get to the dramatic readings. Yeah, this is good. We're uh, we're bringing back some tipping pitches classic segments right here. <laughs> we're just we've, like we've got our, our dramatic uh, bad take readings. All right, so I'm I'm just in like a few of these groups as I said earlier, and in this group it's called for the love of baseball, baseball in all caps, not just baseball, baseball. For the love of baseball. <laughs> Some guy named Scott posted a selfie of himself in a post that has since been deleted. I'm <laughs> says, I'm a diehard Astros fan, but I'll be wearing this hat when the Indians show up in Houston. He's wearing an Indians hat with Chief Wahoo logo on it. I'll be wearing this hat when the Indians show up in Houston for the rest of my life to show my support for Chief Wahoo and to object to politically correct snowflakes. Oh, my God. That's prime. He got it all in there. He's personally <laughs> supporting Chief Wahoo, Chief who's Wahoo, not a person. The guy, Chief Wahoo, obviously. And then someone commented back to our guy, Scott, just being like, this is stupid. You're stupid, basically. And my guy, Clay, <laughs> responded by saying, David, who's the guy who commented back. Notice all these names. Okay, <laughs> just Scott. David, Clay, and Alex and I are, are not immune to this. We also have basic generic white people names, but David, you don't have a clue. This logo has been in use for almost 100 years and is the very symbol of our beloved team, who I've been a fan of my whole life. This almost akin to losing a pet. So you and everybody really don't have a clue about how fans of the team really feel. You don't have a clue. You don't get it, Bobby. Clay came in hot. This is like losing a pet. A well, first pet. of all, that's kind of offensive in itself. Yeah. You just compared the Native American people in our country <laughs> to pets. Which is like, bro, you're undermining your point already. Second of all, you made the comment, I think David has never actually had a pet. <laughs> <laughs> this is like losing a pet? That's your whole argument for this? Come on. Back to Scott real quick where he's like, I'm supporting. I can't keep these people straight. I'm looking at the post, so I feel bad for <laughs> Back all Back to Jim or, or, or Lee. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I like how he's like, I'm supporting uh, Chief Wahoo. After like you have a, so many Native American groups coming out and being like, um, we don't like this. And he's like, no, but like I'm standing for my boy Wah. My boy Wahoo. Yeah, my guy. <laughs> Who I, I met and I loved him. He was a great guy. He told yeah. me I want to be caricatured on this jersey. Great guy. Very good guy. <laughs> love him. <laughs> love, okay. love the chief. Me and the chief, we get along great. <laughs> the media won't tell you this. Okay. Um, and Baseball Fans of America, which is another group that I'm in. Same Clay. Same Clay. Same Clay. Same Clay. <laughs> I just want to say that. Clay <laughs> is going around to every... <laughs> different post, same Clay. Yes. Clay is going around to every group. Different group, different post. <laughs> I respect the commitment. He commented at least 15 times on um, just the generic, like, breaking, you know, this article explaining that the logo is changing. You know, the administrator of the groups basically, like, collect all of the merchandise with the Chief Wahoo logo that you can because it might be worth something someday. And Clay's like, that I might do, Chris. At least we'll have to buy a couple extra hats and shirts. So he's giving money to the organization that he's mad at. For changing the logo. (laughs) (laughs) I can't follow this. Okay, and then then his logic is later. That block C is not even close to a classic C like the Reds or the Cubs. (laughs) I read last month they might go back to the C from the middle 70s. And then someone commented underneath, that C was crooked and just ugly. (laughs) So they're just mad about the new (laughs) logo. They're like, fine, you get rid of Chief Wahoo, but at least give me a real looking C. (laughs) (laughs) What is this fake C BS? 
And then this is really this is the bell of the ball right here. This is the <laughs> this is the cherry on top. Some guy comments, Bill, Bill, my guy, Bill. Oh, Bill. I want the ND Fighting Irish logo changed. It's offensive. And then Robert underneath. Damn. Robert. Ro- <laughs> he has two first names. Not going to read his last name, but he has two first names. Robert comments, it's only going to get worse. ISIS will have their flag on the uniform soon. <laughs> oh, God. This Chef's is so... Kiss. You could not script this better. Nope. I'm not even kidding. Man. So what do you think? How long before ISIS has their flag? ISIS is really coming. They're gonna they're they're gonna come to America and be like MLB. That's the first thing we're taking over. No, no, no. They're taking over the NBA first. That's why they added the jersey patch. Oh. Because pretty soon that's it's not gonna be like Rakuten or like uh, Oracle or whatever. It's gonna be ISIS. Yeah, true. <laughs> what these people? This is a real thing that people did when this news came out. People were so offended that they went and they commented like. Trump gifts and snowflake, snowflake, snowflake in Facebook groups that are private and they will never be seen by anyone that doesn't also feel this way. Yeah, they were like, these snowflakes want to get rid of Chief Wahoo and ISIS is going to come for our fake news kofefe and <laughs> come and this, it hurts me because it's like killing my son. What? That's like most of these posts. Yes. Well, there's just such like a... <laughs> We go zero to 100 really fast right here. <laughs> I just want to rewind for a hot sec. First, they come for the Chief Wahoo logo. <laughs> then ISIS is here. They're just in the country. They're on the flag. They're playing They're baseball. The Pretty soon, we're not even going to be playing baseball anymore. Yeah. Wow. Just wanted to give a quick, quick check-in on the other side, <laughs> how the other half lives. <laughs> if, you know, if you have these hot takes... Please email them to us. Yeah. We'll, we'll read them out on the show and make fun of you We're for We're going to get an email about this. I, f- I feel it coming. I hope. I really hope we do. Yeah. If you feel this strongly about it, please let us know. I'm not kidding. I, we're not going to take it seriously, but we'll make fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to be ridiculed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to get kicked out of this Facebook group if that ever happens. Yeah, that's probably true. That's harsh. Yeah. No one knows your last name, though. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless they connect all the dots, you think? It, my Twitter is in our Twitter. <laughs> yeah. In our Tipping Pitches Twitter. You think we have any for the love of baseball listeners? No. I don't remember if I ever posted a, a link to one of our podcasts. In there. I'm sure I they, should uh, post they, this one. That they, would be bold. Yeah. They stopped listening after we talked about like kneeling for the national anthem or like <laughs> or like unions in Jamel any capacity. Hill. Yeah. We should actually just post this podcast in there. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, <bold>. uh, <laughs> The description, or, or like in the post itself, just be like, in which we roast all you clowns. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have a we have a rant that's been building up. It's ready for you. So there were a couple news items this week that came out. I hate Rob Manfred. <laughs> oh, wait. Did I jump the gun? <laughs> <laughs> that came out involving pace of play. And one is that they want to, like, 
put runners on second base like after the 11th inning in the All-Star game and also during spring training games. For all the times that the All-Star game goes 11 innings. I mean, I remember that one time it went like 20. But like other than that, I can't ever remember being like, God, I wish this game would end. Oh, God. The All-Star game is too long. (laughs) Taking up valuable hours of my life. Man yells at Cloud. (laughs) Um, And the other piece of news is that like, there's been all this talk about a pitch clock, and the pitch clock is definitely coming, and the players don't want it. And then Manfred came to the players' union and was like, actually, we're not going to do a pitch clock in 2018. And if the average game time is under, like, two hours and 55 minutes, there won't be one in 2019 either. First of all, not going to happen. Yeah, That's, like, 10 minutes shorter than the average game time this past year, which has been trending up for years. Yep. And the only reason they're doing this is so that it's just to save face for the league so that when the pitch clock does come around, they're like, well, it wasn't our fault. You guys should have just played faster. Uh, yeah? Is that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> when, swing faster. Throw faster. When in, I mean, they are throwing faster. That's true. More Tommy Johns. Um, when in reality, like, the thing that really extends it is obviously, like, commercial breaks. Yep. Oh, um, uh, this thing called, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Replay Review. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say capitalism. Oh, well, that hurts, too. <laughs> That's not great. <laughs> but, you know, it's just this continuing trend that we've seen basically since Rob Manfred came into office as commissioner about, like, pace of play, pace of play, pace of play. And if you ask the players and if you ask the fans, if you ask basically everyone except Rob Manfred about pace of play, they're like, um, yeah, we haven't really noticed it, frankly. Oh, yeah, I actually was sitting here and being like, mm, average game time went up a couple minutes this year. That one really hurt me. My line is like two min- two hours and 59 minutes. I actually I shut the game it. off after that, yeah. I, I seriously I do. I the TV off. Yeah, I stop watching. I leave the apartment. I leave the <laughs> state. <laughs> Get away from me. No, okay. Obviously, like, the players should be fine with the pitch clock because, like, most players are going to be underneath that mark anyway. It's going to affect, like, Fernando Rodney and, like, no one else. Yeah, the the argument against it is, like, that it's not in the spirit of the game or whatever. Like, it just changes the fundamental fabric. And it's like, I don't I don't really care one way or another. They've already tried it out in the minor leagues in if certain it's not places. Like, if and the like, clock is not, like, on my screen while I'm watching or, like, huge at the field, then, like, fine. Yeah. You know, if it's just so that, like, the umpire can see it or, like, if you're looking closely for it as a fan, you can see it. If you break that rule and the umpire just, like, gives you a warning. You know, like a three-second defensive three seconds in the nba this is actually just an nba podcast now and then like the second time you do it in the nba it's like a technical foul so in this case like the second time you do it it's like a ball or something like that i like i would be fine with that it wouldn't really offend me personally i get that it like goes against the spirit of the game that like baseball is one of the games that like makes its own pace there's no clock yeah, like, and that's what I really like about it, right? Is that it's it sets it apart from pretty much every other sport in that like there's not necessarily like a time limit, right? Okay, my thing though with like the okay, so let's transition to like the runners part of this. Cutting off time from extra innings is not really the goal. You know what I mean? Like when we're talking about the average pace of play, they exclude extra inning games. It's the average pace of nine innings, and it's still been increasing. So, like, the runners thing, while I understand that, like, you don't want a game going 29 innings or, or 50 innings yeah. like Sam Miller, that's not solving the problem that you're you're saying exists. You know, maybe I don't – I we could quibble about whether there's actually a time problem. I think mostly there's a, more of a marketing problem. Like, when we had the conversation about why is there no, why is there no LeBron in baseball, it's because, like, they don't allow their, their players to be stars. 
And that's an entirely different conversation. But cutting off time out of extra innings is like not what fans are asking for. Like no fan who's like, I want to watch an entire no fan who says I want to watch an entire baseball game is suddenly like, I don't want to watch baseball anymore now that there are three extra innings. Yeah. Well, and if they're trying to attract like a younger audience, which I think is like part of this is like they want to rope in new. They're concerned about like uh, viewership and that sort of thing. And they want to rope in like new viewers. And but I don't think that there's anyone out there who's like. Well, I would watch baseball except for these extra inning games. What's up with this? Like, what? Like, also, I don't understand. Like, only no one's solving... line is like eleven innings, and it's like, <laughs> nope, I'm done. You're only solving a problem for people who are already watching. You're not attracting a new viewer by shortening the extra innings. Yeah, because they which, would have had which, to watch the first nine innings anyway, which don't happen that often anyway. Like, how often does a game go to eighteen innings? Like, by the time it gets to eighteen innings, it's interesting again, and I want to be watching this. And it's yeah. just like weird baseball. What do they say when you're at the park, and or or what does the announcer say when the top of the tenth rolls around? Oh, free baseball! Yeah. Like, that is a good thing. No one's saying, oh, more work. Yeah, it's <laughs> never like, has an announcer said like more there's, work. There's a small group of people who are like, this is amazing, and everyone else is like. Yeah, I don't really care. It's fine. Like, I'm not going to watch it, but I I don't dislike it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's dumb. And uh, the idea of, like, putting a runner into scoring position, I mean, it's like being like, okay, we've uh, we've gone into double overtime in basketball, and now uh, both teams just get their chance at shooting threes. We're just going to put Steph at the three-point line, and he just gets to shoot until he misses. And then that's it. And whoever wins it, wins it. It rewards, like, a very specific ability. Like, can you bunt the runner over to third? And then can you put the ball in play? You know what I mean? Like, that's not really fun. Yeah. But this, we wanted to talk about this because it opens up a larger conversation that I feel like we don't really talk about. But we wanted to ask the question, is Rob Manfred actually a good commissioner? And I think the answer is actually no. Here's the thing about him is that he's really non-controversial right like that's his whole thing is he wants to stay out of the limelight he's a lawyer yeah he's a lawyer and his whole thing is i just kind of want to smooth things over and i just want everyone to be happy at all times and so he's like well these larger issues that like that may involve like social issues or something like that like we're gonna put those aside and we're just gonna worry about like the quality and the content of the game and really like has he done anything good for the game like answer me that i can't think of a single thing off the top of my head where i'm like oh that was actually a pretty good idea good job rob manfred even when issues have come up i don't think he's handled them particularly well absolutely not i mean this is not like okay this is not going to be like a mike francesa sports radio mega rant about rob manfred like he's not roger goodell or Gary Bettman. Like, let's not pretend like he's the worst commissioner in American sports. Because he's not. That doesn't mean that we can't ask for him to handle situations better. You know, Araldis Chapman, here, just sit out 45 games and we're never ever going to talk about domestic violence ever again, even though you shot a gun at your wife. Here, Miguel Sano, you harassed an MLB photographer repeatedly. We're just going to mum's the word. Yeah, I don't even know. No, I mean, yeah, don't even get me started on how they handle, like, domestic abuse. It's but, like, awful. that is part of his job, too. Oh, MLB Advanced Media, you had systematic issues with how women were treated and the culture of sexual violence at your company, which is a wing of the MLB, which Rob Manfred is in charge of. Oh, what what did he do there? He, him and Bud Selig, like, kept it hushed down for, like, a decade? They honored the guy at 
his Hall of Fame induction or whatever, yeah, or at tried, his retirement. They, they tried to like quietly be like, oh, he, you know, he was great. Uh, we're just gonna like let him go we're before anyone finds out. out. Yeah, like, hey, remember when Yuli Gurriel made a racist gesture towards you, Darvish, in game what game three, game four of the World yeah. Series, and he was like, we're gonna make an ex- race. There is no place for racism in baseball, and we're gonna make an example out of this by letting him play the rest of the World Series, and then we're going to deal with this in eight months. If anything, you could make the argument that that is the one place where you should be suspended the most because the big, it is the biggest stage where you get seen by the most people. He did a bad thing and didn't get punished for it. And I don't know if it has something to do with like a particularly toxic political environment where he's trying to, I think, quell a lot of the issues that arise because he wants to just maintain this very like baseball, generally speaking, you know, unlike something like the NFL has managed to largely stay out of the limelight in terms of addressing political issues. And because every time someone does it, everyone's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Everyone, their teammates are like, shut up. Their coaches are like, shut up. Rob Manfred basically is like, shut up. We don't want to hear you. And uh, it probably has something to do also with him knowing what baseball's audience is. And if he makes an example out of a player like Yuli Gurriel, I think there will be a lot of people who'd be like, oh, like, how are you going to do that to him or whatever? Like, like, that's such a double standard, though. If on one hand, if you want a younger audience, guess what? You have to address some of these issues. Younger people care about social issues. And are, I'm sorry and gener- to tell you. And generally lean to the left. Like, yes. So if you, I'm not saying you have to take like leftist political stance. I would, I would love to join DSA. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like you don't have to pander to like liberals specifically to actually just like make good cases for these things. Yeah. I mean like, okay. On one hand, you know, you don't have to have bell hooks and Cornell West books sitting on the podium while you're giving a press conference. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> Did you go to NYU, bro? Yeah, man. Damn. But also you have to acknowledge that sports, culture, social issues overlap. Obviously, people have been screaming it into microphones and on TV for a very long time and they've been doing it a lot better than you and I have. But if you want younger people, you have to do you have to address the things that younger people care about. Baseball is not fun for younger people who didn't play. I feel like a lot of people only watch baseball if they played baseball. But maybe if you actually come out and face some of these issues on their face instead of just talking about, I don't know, very minuscule details that only baseball heads care about. Only people who have played baseball or who have grown up watching baseball their entire life are going to care whether you put a runner on second or whether you put a pitch clock. If you're trying to get new fans, most people wouldn't care if there's a pitch clock or not, or wouldn't even know what a pitch clock is. You know what new fans would care about? You know what NBA fans who would maybe want to cross over to the MLB would care about? If you would come out and say, that that was racist, you can't do that, instead of coming out and trying to appease both sides and being like... And, And a lot of people thought that he handled that situation well. That's not even handling that situation at all. That That is literally... The definition of that is just procrastinating. He procrastinated yeah, what he, he wanted to do. Off. He was like, I don't want to do this. And so, yes, he's like he's appeased a lot of baseball people and the older fans and the older generation. But yeah, a lot of older had, white men is who he's appeased. But to be a good for us to say you're actually a good commissioner, you actually have to do something. Yeah, and you know I don't want to speak for like large groups of people here, but like I can't look at the way a lot of these issues surrounding like sexual misconduct and sexual abuse and that sort of thing. I can't look at the way he's handled it and think that, like, 
that creates a more inviting environment for like women to become fans of the sport. Like why or work in the sport? Yeah, or work in the sport, or the way he handled this Yuli Gurriel situation. Like, <laughs> you're just marginal marginalizing some groups of people to appease another part of your base, which, like, in reality, is a minority in itself. Like, you're appeasing old white men to a, to a large extent, but like, there are so many more people. The other thing though is that I mean, I understand that he's like an old white man, so like, yeah. I, I also. I also understand like the just sit on your riches strategy though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like baseball is such a divided market sport that he doesn't really need national appeal. No. no, we're sitting here. We want baseball to have national appeal because when we talk to our average sport fan friends who don't follow baseball that closely, it's a very hard sport to watch and to keep up on because there's 162 games from 30 different teams. It's very hard to keep up with anyone but your own team. So, I get why he doesn't try to broad stroke national appeal, but I still think if baseball is actually going to make a legitimate pivot forward to 2035 when TV doesn't exist and we all watch baseball games on our like holograms on our <laughs> wall or whatever it is, we're watching 3D AR baseball games. Rob Manfred's leading leadership style is not what it needs to do that. It's not what it needs because... Pretty soon, sooner than people think, in my opinion, these local market contracts are just not going to be worth as much as they used to be worth. And the TV money is not going to continue to buoy MLB. And they're going to need to make some kind of national appeal, some kind of social media appeal, some kind of star appeal. I mean, MLB does a fine job on like Twitter, but it's like we said last week or two weeks ago or whatever it was. There are not, like, Twitter blow-up moments for the MLB the way that there is when, like, Matt Barnes tries to fight someone. I ultimately do think that, like, he just looks at it from a PR standpoint. And he looks at the NFL, and he looks at the NBA, and he sees, like, stuff happening politically. And he's like, well, we don't want to be to create um, a divisive environment around that sort of thing. So we're just going to smooth everything over and just not talk about it. But it's like, actually, this is a golden opportunity to set yourself apart. If you want to attract more fans, why don't you be like, hey, you see what's going on over there in the NFL? Yeah, we don't stand for that sort of thing. And create this environment that is that is inclusive. I don't understand the, it. The golden op- the phrase that you use, the golden opportunity, is so true because young young people... We are young, so we can say this. Yes. Young people... We speak I, for all millennials and Generation Zers. Yeah. Hashtag millennial culture. <laughs> young people like to go to baseball games. Like, our friends and and us like to go to baseball games, and that's not just because you and I are crazy baseball fans. People who are, like, fringe baseball fans, it's fun to do. It's a fun game to follow. It's fun to root for. There's so many weird things. There's so many great personalities. And it is a so, golden and opportunity. And there's so many great baseball podcasts that come out of it. Like one's called Tipping Pitches. <laughs> it's it's ripe for uh, Literally content. Literally subscribe your friends on iTunes <laughs> <laughs> so they can hear stuff like this. No, I, I agree with what you're saying. It is a golden opportunity, and they're just going to sit here and stay silent and miss it. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, you know, I... Rob Manfred is still a relatively young commissioner. I don't really know what the average tenure is, but like, it's long. I, th- I think he had an opportunity coming off the heels of Bud Selig, who a lot of people hated. Like, a lot of people did not like him. And he could have, I don't know, taken the step forward, but instead he just kind of like sidestepped and was like, yeah, we're going to avoid all this other controversy and just like, keep, you know, save face. And I don't know. Down the road, I'd love to see someone who was, like, actually involved with baseball in a certain extent, you know? Like, 
I would love to have seen Joe Torrey as baseball's commissioner, you know, like some someone who was actually involved in a certain extent. Um, is Joe Torrey problematic? I feel like somewhere down the line. I'm sure something he racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, I get what you mean. I can't. Ken I, Griffey. Yeah, Ken, yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. Prince Fielder. Yes. Make him commissioner. Make David Ortiz commissioner. You want to see Poppy needs a job? Poppy <laughs> needs that job. <laughs> That's the job he needs. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Segment next week. Yo, let's start a campaign. This is going to put us on the map. Prince the Fielder tipping, for the tipping <laughs> pitches campaign for Prince Fielder. I love it. Yeah. Who would be? Who could be on his staff? Just all the players that we named that would be on our presidential cabinet. Yep. Grandy, yeah, CC. <laughs> no, make Ichiro. And honestly, like make, make Curtis make, Granderson, make Grandy commissioner. Yeah, he would be an excellent commissioner. That's our campaign. Like, I'm getting so. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, this is actually like a good beaming, idea. I'm, thinking, I'm not kidding about this. I'm beaming thinking about what it would be like to have baseball with Curtis Granderson as commissioner. Yeah, or like, or even Ken Griffey. Just <laughs> people who played and were fun. Yeah, not just generic top talking head lawyer. Yeah, make Adrian Beltre commissioner. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna work on this and get back to you. This is our this is our goal. By the end of next year, we're gonna oust Rob Manfred. <laughs> oh wow, we're toppling the powers that be here. Yeah, we are. Overthrow the system, man. <laughs> Staying true to our roots. So you heard it here first. Rob Manfred is out as commissioner. <laughs> Look out. Tipping pitches is coming. Uh, Adrian Beltre is in. Curtis Granderson is in. by MLB. No, we're it's, never it's getting never hired happening. by MLB. Whatever. I don't want to work for the man anyway. Yeah. Just kidding. If you're listening. <laughs> the, we, Hire we'll, us. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll sell out. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. All right. You got anything else for me, Bobby? No. I hot take. We did a couple sports radio-y segments. Yeah, that was good. And we yelled about we did Rob some Manfred. Dramatic readings. Yeah, it was good. We threw it way back on this episode. Yeah, this was nice. Yeah, that was fun. And we had some rants. We were just like, "What players do we like?" Oh, he's good at. Remember when we did a segment that was like, "Who do we like to watch hit home runs?" <laughs> <laughs> it was just like Bryce Harper. He's a good one. He's watch his swing. Oh, look, he hit a home run. I chose Edwin Encarnacion because of that walk off home run <laughs> that he hit in the playoffs. That was my logic. What the hell are we doing? Okay. Oh, uh, if you like this episode better than we liked that past episode that we just referred to <laughs> please feel free to rate and review us in itunes or just you know subscribe if you're a new listener it's really important because it helps us get up the itunes charts helps us appear in baseball podcast searches we're moving on up there now yeah we're doing all right it's like when you put in like tipping like pitches is like the fifth option man <laughs> it used to be like ninth so that's a pretty high bar, uh, like barrier of entry yeah <laughs> you have to type the whole first word of our <laughs> podcast before you even see it remotely what it might be and it's like the more rare word too <laughs> you were gonna go to like tipping the odds like the las vegas podcast that or whatever thing, yeah. <laughs> every time i go and look for new reviews i always see tipping the odds or or tipping point yep I, that's the other one that i see and then it says uh but yeah <laughs> long story short <laughs> please rate review subscribe share us with your friends if you enjoy us just share it with one friend if everyone shared it with one friend we would reach everyone except very reclusive people who we probably don't want listening to us anyway all right y'all thanks for listening tune in next week for some more uh, hot tipping pitches content coming your way
about time. Now change the freaking name. They really love freaking. I know. <laughs> it's because they're like God fearing. They're like, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't swear. Listen, we don't like Indian people, <laughs> but we won't say fuck. <laughs> Every Indian's home run should be followed by a Wahoo chant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would kind of respect that. Oh, the Ricky, to the cause. Wuss, wussification of America continues. God, that's so true. That has nine likes. Yikes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Ozzy. Ah, uh, did the Wahoo hurt somebody's feelings? Oh, me sorry. Don't worry. Our country <laughs> is soft as shit. We hide it from you. You never be butthurt again. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are just many, many snowflakes. Like, I don't know. Like... Stupidity at its finest. Unfrickin' believable. I kind of can't. Some of this is like so bad. It's like, are you, is this a parody? I don't get it. Even the chief is okay with it. He's smiling. Wait. Oh, Oh, Don. It was better than having to give them back their continent. Don kept it too real. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, oh, Tom. We're going to wrap it up with Tom. Oh, California snowflakes. What? They're in Cleveland. When you go see the Angels, A's, Padres, Giants, or Dodgers, make sure you ask for a straw, because if the waiter gives you one without you asking, they now get arrested. Oh, yeah. That's actually true. <laughs> I think he's making a reference to like the the serving water that you're supposed to like. You know, for a while there, you had to ask for water; they couldn't just serve it to. But like. The straw? I don't know, man. Tom was really out there. He was, like, thinking through this one. He was like, I'm going to own these libs. Oh, gotcha. Oh, you're asking for a straw, and you're going to get the waiter arrested. Boom. Snowflakes, hashtag triggered. Owned, lib, owned. Pwned. Noobs.